Good morning, and welcome back to The Word, here in their inspirational. I am Carolyn, your host. The dreaded word, wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord. Ephesians 5, 22. Does this verse make the hair on your neck stand up? In these days of equality and liberation, submitting to your husband is not a popular topic. Calm down. Maybe it's not as bad as you think. There is a foundation that is often overlooked. Your husband loves you and wants the best for you and your marriage. Together you are seeking to be examples of God's love to those around you, especially your children. Submitting means not insisting on your own way, building him up and supporting him, especially in front of others, deferring to his wisdom and intelligence on matters where he knows more than you do. Working as a team makes your home, your marriage, your ministry the best it can be. Today, our inspirational story is titled, Close Encounters of the Best Kind. Five years ago, when I had a nine-to-five job, I commuted to work, two to three hours to the office, four to five hours home. I did that every day for three full years. I've got the stubs from the bus companies to prove it. I no longer scalp to an office like a regular working Jane, and these days I rarely take the bus anywhere although those long, grueling hours of traveling are far behind me. I still carry with me the priceless gift of three complete strangers, and I met them all while riding the bus. It was my first day back to work after a month-long illness and my first time to ride a bus in as long. As I waited at the bus stop, I wondered whether I'd luck out and get a seat. I wasn't a woman who expected a man to offer his seat to me. After all, we all paid the same fare but I didn't relish the thought of having to stand the entire trip dressed in office clothes in high heels, especially since I still felt weak from the illness. That morning, I stepped inside the crowded bus and wanted to just turn around, get off, go home, and call in sick. Maybe it was the panic on my face, or maybe I turned a pale shade of green. But before I could bolt, a man stood up and offered me his seat. I thanked him and gratefully sat down. As the bus rumbled through the city streets, jolting its passengers with each stop and start in every corner, we talked and discovered that we both work in the same area, our office buildings only two blocks away from each other. He stood the whole way for two hours. Until then, I'd rarely seen, much less experienced, such chivalry. These are those who would have you believe that chivalry has gone out of fashion, but my experience on the bus that day convinced me otherwise. I was, and still am, grateful to have been on the receiving end of it, and I've made a point of practicing the ageless custom of chivalry, in my own way, with simple acts of kindness to others, whenever and wherever I can. Most of the time, during my commuting days, I smiled a lot. I smiled at the person next to me on the bus and across from me. I smiled at the security guard at the office building where I worked, I smiled at the janitor as he mopped the hallway floor. I smiled at the cashier in the mall. Smiling at people becomes second nature for me, a genuine expression that came spontaneously from my heart. But at first I did it because I had learned that if I smile at someone, I'd get a smile in return. An old woman taught me that lesson, and I didn't even know her. I was seated beside her on the bus on my way to work one morning. She had kind eyes and kept looking out the window. Ooh, and ah, at the tall buildings and sights. 
I was trying to read a book, and she kept leaning over my seat, causing me to lose my concentration. I was about to ask her if she wanted to trade seats, but the look of wonder on her face stopped me. Her eyes were wide and shining, and her mouth was stretched in a wide smile. She was oblivious to my stare, because her eyes were fixed on something outside, a section of skyway still under construction. She seemed delighted at the sight of cars and buses going up the ramp and onto the skyway. I couldn't help but feel somewhat envious of her joy. I'd seen those same buildings, same skyways, same scenes countless times before, but never in the way with the delight she did. I was humbled that she found something so simple, which I had considered to be mundane, to smile about. I turned to her and saw that she was looking at me, the smile gone from her lips. I wanted to see her smile again, yet I was unsure what to do. Finally, in the passing of a split second, I decided to take the risk. I smiled. She smiled back, and I saw that the glow had returned to her wrinkled face. I've been smiling at people ever since, on the bus, in the market, on the street, and everywhere in my life. Most of the time, they smiled back. It was a warm March evening, and I had just taken a seat on the bus that would take me home. I sat in the third row, by the window, on the driver's side. It was nearly 6 p.m., but the bus was not yet full, and the driver gave no indication that he intended to get on the bus on the road any time soon. A middle-aged woman took a seat opposite me. She was crying. Not speaking to anyone in particular, she tearfully narrated her story. She had come to the city to visit her daughter. On the way to the terminal, a thief had snatched one of her bags. It had contained half of the money she'd brought with her. The other half was rolled in a hanky and hidden under her blouse. So she fortunately still had some money left. The bus conductor, driver, and other passengers listened to her tale. After a few minutes, she stopped crying, removed some cheese bread from her bag, and began to eat. Worrying still, knitting her brow. An old man in tattered clothes got on the bus. He sat in the seat directly in front of the woman. After a few minutes, all the seats were taken. The driver got behind the wheel and started the engine. The bus conductor collected tickets and began asking us where we were getting off. When he came to the old man's seat, he became suspicious and asked the old man whether he had any money. The old man admitted that he did not. He explained that he had spent all his money that morning when he'd accidentally got on the wrong bus, and now he was trying to get home. Upon hearing this, the bus conductor ordered the man to get off the bus. The old man didn't budge. He was almost in tears as he begged the bus conductor to let him take that bus so he could get home before dark. The bus driver, who had been listening to the exchange, stood up, approached the old man, and repeated the conductor's command to get off the bus. The woman seated behind the old man was also listening and observing the incident. When the bus driver and conductor raised their voice at the old man, she interfered. Stop harassing him. Can't you see he's only trying to get home? He doesn't have any money, the driver shouted. Well, that's no reason to throw him off the bus, she insisted. Then she said, how much is his fare? The bus conductor mumbled the amount. Fine, said the woman. She reached inside her blouse, took out her remaining money, and handed the fare to the bus conductor. Here's his fare and mine. Just stop giving him a hard time. All heads turned to the woman, who, just minutes before, had been crying over the money she'd lost. It's only money, she shrugged. By the time the bus rolled out of the terminal, she had given the old man some of her bread and a dollar. She rode the rest of the way home, wearing a Mona Lisa smile of peace and grace, the money she'd lost earlier forgotten. 
On the road of life, the chivalry and smiles of strangers can lighten our load and lift our spirits. How much sweeter the journey when we make it a little smoother and richer for others. This is Carolyn with the word here and there inspirational. Take care.